Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Burna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher, equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Burna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. I know you're paying attention to global events. Wars bubbling up everywhere. Countries are buying and hoarding mass amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our heads in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. Are there any moments or spots on any of the sets we worked on over the seven years that you guys felt more at home that were like your little spots on the set you like to hang out? I'm afraid it was the sink. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah. You had to act <laughs> by the sink a lot. lot. Yeah. I was behind the counter. Yeah. Right. Doing business constantly. Uh-huh. Mom stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> Disciplining you <laughs> in some way. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. The freight train is a coming. Talk about that tonight. We're going to talk about what's going on at the RNC. What's going on at libraries. Why won't they allow Christian books in there? We have so much to get to tonight on I'm Right. You ever see that show? I think it was a cartoon. I don't know. I don't do research beforehand. But you ever you ever see that show where it's two guys? I'm almost positive it was a Disney cartoon where they're where they're playing tug of war. They both want this thing, and it's, I think it's a purse. And they're playing tug of war on the train tracks. And there's this gigantic train coming towards them, and they're not paying attention because they're so worried about playing tug of war with this thing. And they're both about to get splattered and turned into pancakes. You know, I think about that sometimes when I think about us, all of us, myself included. Because there, there are things, every, everyone has their issue or issues. You know, you've got two or three that you're super hot on, whatever, whatever they may be. But here's what's so crazy. Everything around us, everything you see right now, everything in America, 
It's all going to fade away to nothing if America collapses financially. And we've been so wealthy and so powerful for so long that I get why people don't think about it. It doesn't seem like it's something that's possible. I mean, sure, we're going to have recessions here and we're going to have, they're going to be blips in the radar, but it's America. After all, America couldn't, they could never economically fall. That's for those other countries, Europe and Middle East and whatnot, not here in America. Here is the truth. The truth is history doesn't lie. That's why I love it so much. And debt ends nations. It just does. Once the treasury is empty, once the value of the currency is gone, the nation is gone. No, no, this is not going to happen tomorrow. I'm not doing doomsday stuff. I don't think it's going to happen next year either. But man alive, do we look about prime to have that nosedive, don't we? Fed's just raised interest rates another half point. That makes them the highest they've been in 15 years. Wages are not stagnant. Wages are lagging behind. They're down 1.9% according to the latest CPI stuff out there. But all that stuff, all that's bad enough, right? That, that would be bad. It's one thing if you're in a boat, and you're in a boat, and the boat is starting to take on water, and you're out there in the middle of the ocean. Okay, that's bad, but not the end of the world. We'll start bailing some water. We'll see if we can patch things up and fix it. It's not the end of the world. But if the people who are in charge of the boat, as the boat's taking on water, are busy telling you, we're not taking on water. If anything, we're losing water. It's going well. Ah, that's a problem. Now, 21 months later, we can see how our, our economic plan is working. Last several months, wages have gone up more than prices have gone up. Wages have gone up more than prices have gone up. What? Everyone's watching their standard of living evaporate and they're bragging about what's going on? And here's something else we've gotten used to as a country. I know I have. It's been this way my whole life. I'm 41. In America, because we've been so blessed, and because we've had so much money as a nation, the wealth of this country, I mean, people don't even, Americans don't even appreciate the economy of Texas. Of Texas is bigger than Russia's entire economy. Do you realize that? It's, we're just so wealthy. So as part of that wealth, we've made it really just something we do in this country where we send mass quantities of money whenever. We do it all the time. Hey, they need a billion here. They need a billion there. Hey, let's send 10 billion here. Let's give them 50 billion. Oh, look at that, a sad video. Th toss them some billions. It's just what we do here in the country. As the national debt reaches a breaking point and interest rates get to a 15-year high, the people still running the country are still acting as if that same America is here. We'll just toss some money anywhere. Hey, let's send a bunch of billion to Africa. Today's announcement, joint, joint a portfolio of partnership for global infrastructure and investment projects already underway in Africa, including mobilizing $8 billion in public and private finance to help South Africa replace coal-fired power plants with renewable energy sources. What? Which brings us to where we are now. Maybe you look at that stuff. Maybe you're going through some financial hard times right now. 
There's a lot of people who are. You're not alone if you are. Maybe you're looking at the bills, honey. I don't understand. Maybe we can, can we cut this out? And you're doing the budgeting thing with the Excel spreadsheets. Oh, I know I've been there. I've been there more than once. I've done it. I, I, we can, we can, we got to cut this. I know, I know. And maybe you look at that and it makes you mad. It makes me mad too. But here's what makes me even madder. There's no opposition party to this insanity. Please keep in mind that the one very, very valid criticism Democrats have of Republicans is Republicans spend just as much, if not more. They do. Go look at 2016 to 2020. Vast sums of money just spent. Even right now, as we are nearing crisis levels for people. There, I mean, 2023 is going to be a very, very, very rough year. Even now, in a lame duck session. So that means they don't have to pass any bill at all. This is a lame duck session. They can wait until the next Congress comes in. Mitch McConnell is currently working with the Democrats on an omnibus spending bill that will be well north of a trillion dollars, probably one and a half, 1.6, 1.7. Scott Perry told us that yesterday. And all kinds of corruption in there, all kinds of earmarks in there. What are earmarks? Tom McClintock joined us. He told us what they were. Well, earmarks are when a, a congressman, instead of going through the normal competitive merit-driven based system, uh, simply designates uh, how money is going to be spent and to whom it's going to be given. Uh, this is how uh, members of Congress uh, uh, fund their pet projects. Uh, lavish uh, uh, public uh, funds on their on their key supporters. Uh, it is highly corrupting. It was the source of most of the political corruption in which Congress was embroiled in the 1990s and 2000s. Uh, when Republicans last hold, held a majority of the House, we did away with them. And we got along just fine with the merit-based competitive system. Unfortunately, they've now been brought back and that's gonna make uh, it much more difficult to control spending. Uh, and it's something that I hope that the Republican conference will reconsider uh, in the coming days. As the freight train is coming, that's what we're doing. Because we don't have an opposition party. We have a party of eunuchs. Nancy Pelosi had a big portrait reveal and everything yesterday, stepping down from Speaker of the House, and John Boehner showed up. And as you watch this video, as you watch this video of John Boehner crying, oh, Nancy, I love you. I want, I want you to do this for me as you watch this video. I want you to tell me, would a Democrat ever in a million years show up for a Republican retirement and conduct themselves in this way? My team here in Washington, and Madam Speaker, I have to say, my girls told me, tell this speaker how much we admire her. I think my T-levels just dropped. And that brings me to someone who actually has testosterone. I've said this before, I'll say it again. There are many, many days where I wish I was a communist. No, I don't want to be some vile, demonic, anti-human like the communists are. But my goodness, at least they stand up and they fight and they have guts. I love it. I've told you before, I know she's a Disney movie villain. I know. I know it's fashionable to hate her. I hate her too. Man, I love Nancy Pelosi. I wish we had... Just give me five. Give me five Nancy Pelosi's on our team. 
Tell me the Republican who treats the media like this. Will you commit to serving your full two-year term for the people of San Francisco? What is this? What is this? Don't bother me with a question like that. <laughs> really? Really? Okay? Is that what I'm going to do? Yeah. I don't, those kind of questions are such a waste of my time. No, I'm a, Yes, sir. That's wonderful. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. Now, we have a packed show for you tonight. Before I get to all of that, let's get to this. Let's get to Christmas time. I want you to picture this moment. Just picture this moment. Family gathers around the tree. It's time for your spouse to open their gift. Husband, wife, whatever you got. And he or she opens it up and she sees a three-pack of Eden Pure Thunderstorms in there with some jewelry on the side. And she looks up and says, well, what, what, what is this? And you say, that's the gift of health for the coming year. Because Eden Pure Thunderstorms kill the viruses and mold in the air. They're miraculous. I love these things. My family has never had such a clean bill of health. It's not just the allergy benefits. It's not just the smell benefits. You'll be healthier. Get one of these in every room where you sleep in your general living area. Three packs for $200 off. Go to EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE. That's what gets you $200 off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE. We'll be back. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country, giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. All right, the RNC. They're kind of important. We need them to help us win elections, and we've been up and down with that. And somebody did some actual journalism. I can't believe there are still people who do that in this country. And they did some digging on the spending of the RNC. You know that money that's supposed to go to candidates and get out the vote and things like that? Well, the money was being spent on private jets, limos, luxury resorts, and Broadway shows. But I don't want to prejudge, so let's ask the journalist herself, Jennifer Van Lahr, managing editor, redstate.com. Jennifer, it's your journalism, not mine. I'll just steal it from my show tonight. What happened? Great, steal away. Uh, and, you know, and according to the RNC, I'm not a journalist. I, I'm uh, someone uh, <coughs> posting a fake blog post in the middle of the night or false blog post. So that's why I still have glasses on because I was up half the night. However, uh, what I found when I looked into how the RNC is spending donor money is that over $3 million since 2017 were spent on private jets. That's in addition to the, uh, the commercial flights that probably the lower rung staffers have to take to where they're going. Uh, $750,000 on floral arrangements. And these are not flowers for events or fundraisers because this is just all categorized as floral arrangements, not under any fundraising expenses. Then uh, if you're a staffer, a senior staffer, you get to go to things like uh, a Raiders game and a private box paid for by RNC donors or a retreat at the Salamander Resort and Spa. 
that's about a thousand dollar a night just for the room kind of like the green briar i had to look it up forty three thousand dollars at top golf uh thirteen thousand dollars for shows like the lion king on broadway or whatever happened to be playing at the stephen sondheim theater when they spent money there so i just insane amounts of spending and 17 million dollars on donor mementos Okay. All right. This is a bit overwhelming. I want to circle to the right. private jet thing. Okay. Now that, because that's the one that just seems obscene in every way. Jennifer, please tell me they were taking a major donor somewhere on a private jet or, or, or so, please tell me there was some kind of reason other than I just feel like flying private and not going through TSA. Well, unfortunately they haven't really given, um, the description within the FEC reports on that. I have heard some feedback that some of um, Ronna McDaniel's allies within the RNC are saying, well, we have to reimburse for Air Force One if our people go on Air Force One, you know, with Trump when he was president. Yes, okay, I understand that, but these are not, the private jet expenses that I noted are not paid to the government. If you fly on you on Air Force One and you have to contribute your portion of it, you pay that to the government. You don't pay it to a charter jet uh, service. <clears throat> okay, you brought this information to Rona McDaniel's team. I would think if I was in charge of the RNC and somebody was spending things like this under me, I'd care. What was their response? Well, first, a, a spokesperson who's both with Rana's reelect and the national spokeswoman for the RNC kind of doing double duty, contacted me and uh, made sure that I posted her statement verbatim um, at the bottom of my story, which I did disclose originally when the story posted that Harmeet Dillon has represented me when Katie Hill sued me after I uh, exposed her relationship with one of her staffers. Harmeet did represent me in that. And I disclosed that, and I disclosed that I had already endorsed Harmeet for chair. So they, uh, the RNC just basically said that one of Harmeet's clients is posting a hit piece in the middle of the night, and that it's filled with lies, and that the spending only adds up to 0.8% of what Ronna McDaniel raised this cycle. And I'm thinking, so what? What I identified is $6 million of waste that is actually the same amount that they sent to the entire state of California during this election when we were trying to to make sure we held on to seats like Mike Garcia, Young Kim, Michelle Steele. So that 8.8% is just completely tone deaf. You have people sending $25 and $50 donations every month, people who worked hard their whole lives and are sacrificing for that. And then their sacrifice is basically just laughed at by the people at the RNC. Jennifer Van Lahr, outstanding work. Go read her stuff at redstate.com. I appreciate you very much. Thank you. All right. Let's talk about, I mean, look, you know what it sounds like they need at the RNC? This is just, look, just spitballing here. You know what it sounds like they need? A Grip6 wallet. That way, all those RNC credit cards, every time you're tempted to pull one out at Top Golf, hey, another bucket of beers, it'll actually be locked in. And since you actually have to squeeze it to pop them out, that extra second they might need, maybe they'll examine their conscience. Maybe we should get Grip6 to send a round of these lockable wallets over to the RNC. That's actually a really good idea. Well, well you, cause you can customize them. You don't have to get the one I got. Maybe we should get my face on them too. Another gift for the RNC, courtesy of us here on I'm Right.
they're on sale right now too. These are the coolest things ever. The, the the wallets and the amazing socks they have there and the belts. It's all for sale right now. It's Christmas time. You want a cool Christmas gift for people? Go to grip6.com, promo code Jesse. All right. If you want to get my face on your wallet too, I understand. Grip6.com, promo code Jesse saves you a bunch of money. We'll be back. We don't have time to be wasting on these phony, trumped-up culture wars, this fake outrage that that right-wing media peddles to juice their ratings. We should be doing more to support people who are educating our kids and keeping our neighborhoods safe. That was Barack Obama. Trumped-up culture war. He was talking about the Loudoun County rape. What? Joining me now, Luke Rosiak, investigative reporter for the Daily Wire. Luke, I I want you to pretend like I just arrived here from another planet and don't know anything about Loudoun County. What's happening in Loudoun County? How'd this begin? Where'd it begin? Take as much time as you need. Catch us up on this place. Sure. Well, it turns out it's not actually phony outrage. People actually do object to their kids being raped. It's not just something they say (laughs) to to try to get votes. You know, this began back in June of 2021 when there was a guy that you know if you watch TV because he was all over CNN and all those channels uh, being arrested at a school board meeting. And no one explained why. They just said he's probably one of these white supremacist domestic terrorists. He's probably racist. They were discussing a transgender policy, whether they should pass a transgender policy at that meeting. So they just assumed that he was bigoted. And so as an investigative reporter, I just called him up and I said, you know, I saw that you were arrested for unruly conduct. You were mad. Um, I was just wondering why you were mad. And so he told me, you know, my daughter was brutally raped in a school bathroom just three weeks ago. And at that meeting where they were trying to pass a transgender policy, the superintendent dismissed parental concerns about these um, sort of safety risks by lecturing the parents and saying, there's no such thing as a transgender predator and we've never had any sexual assaults in our bathrooms. And this poor guy, he felt so unheard. I mean, this had happened to his daughter just a month prior and no one seemed to care. Um, And so the school district had basically done nothing to the the rapist. Um, They had lied about it. And that's why this man was arrested. Um, And so I began talking with him and reporting out the story and everything he told me turned out to be true. And in October, um, the the boy who had just been transferred to another school went on to sexually assault a second girl. And so it turned out that, um, you know, because they had lied and tried to cover up this rape uh, and it seemed like they did it because they wanted to pass this transgender policy and it would have made that very difficult to do a second girl was um, brutally attacked. And in the meantime, when this man, this father of the rape victim was arrested, um, the National School Board Association used him as the prime example for why parents are, quote, domestic terrorists. We should invoke the Patriot Act on them. The White House worked with them on that letter to get the DOJ, the FBI involved against parents. 
And we also had here in Loudoun County, one of these Soros funded prosecutors that typically says, you know, we don't, we don't want to put anyone in jail. You know, violent criminals can go free, no bail, no nothing. Well, when this father was arrested, she personally prosecuted him um, and sought jail time for the minor misdemeanor of disorderly conduct. And so they were literally just trying to put the father of a rape victim in prison or jail at least while the rapist was going free. Um, and this rapist turned out to be a sick individual. I mean, you know, his own grandma told officials that he was a sociopath. The judge said he was one of the most twisted individuals she'd ever seen. Um, and so it's been a long road of people denying that this even happened. The New York Times said, uh, you know, it's the right's big lie about the sexual assault in Virginia. So they were smearing me as a journalist who did this big investigative article. Um, but over time, every single piece of it has been confirmed. I mean, the boy has now been convicted of rape. Um, you know, he admitted in court he was wearing a skirt in that bathroom. And now the superintendent, and this is the big news that just occurred this week, the superintendent has been indicted for lying in that meeting, as well as the school spokesman, who was my primary contact with the school organist school, and his whole thing was optics. You know, what are we telling the public? What's the spin? He's been indicted for felony perjury. Okay, well, I'm glad he's been indicted. However, I did catch this video, and it looks like he's still being supported, indictment or not. My final statement tonight is that Dr. Ziegler's commitment to support student privacy and be the lightning rod for criticism is a per perfect demonstration of his integrity and why he continues to have my unwavering support as an LCPS superintendent. Thank you, Dr. Ziegler. Okay, so they got rid of the scumbag superintendent, but it appears that the rot is a bit deeper than that. Who else on this school board needs to go? Yeah, I mean, so the superintendent is the, the, the school board is the boss of the superintendent. And you saw there, the woman in the video was the chairwoman of the board at the time. Um, she's a lesbian and she made, you know, sexual orientation a big part of her campaign and her time in the school board. You saw that the, the school board member sitting next to her had like a rainbow on her um, laptop. And, you know, you would think you might have like a picture of a book or a math equation or something like this is a school board. It's not a, you know, some kind of sex club. Um, but, yeah, they, they made the sex stuff a huge part of, of their whole time on the school board. And as you saw her in that clip there, she's basically saying to the superintendent, thanks for taking the heat for us because it, you know, then we can blame you. And so she's happy to have the superintendent be the fall guy. And so they knew that when he said there was no rapes in the schools, that that was false because they had received an email from him just three weeks prior saying there was a rape in the school bathroom today. Um, the school board, you know, had reason to know a lot of this stuff. The superintendent didn't formally notify them of the second rape, the second sexual assault that was committed by the same guy, and they learned it from my article. So there was an element of concealment from the superintendent. But in general, I mean, this, the stage was set by the school board. We're going to hire a superintendent who's not so much focused on academics. He's focused on social issues and politics and, quote, equity. All right. Here was Glenn Youngkin. I want to ask you a question about him after this. I do believe that part of my job as governor is to make the decisions to shine light on circumstances like this. And that's what we were elected to do. And I wasn't surprised by the pushback from, from Democrats um, because this is, this is something that 
in fact, is not just an embarrassment, but it suggests that they tried to cover it up. And at the end of the day, we were going to shine a bright light on this and make sure that the facts were clear and that those that had, in fact, violated their duty would be held accountable. And that's exactly what's happened. Okay, how has Glenn Youngkin been on all this stuff? I know that's a big part of why he was elected, all the filth that's going on in Virginia schools. Has great him? Has he been good? Has he been bad? You know, he's been great. Um, and this is, he won in a state that was like D plus 10 because it turns out that parents who have traditionally voted for Democrats also care about their kids, also don't want their kids raped, also want their kids to learn rigorous education, math and science in schools. And you had Terry McAuliffe saying parents shouldn't play a role in schools. Um, the timing of this was, you know, and the Democrats, they just, they wanted power more than anything. And when this rape happened and the sexual, second sexual assault happened, they said, oh, well, this is gonna, it's partisan because it's gonna harm our guy. Well, it's gonna harm your guy, but it's not partisan. It's just something bad that happened on your watch. And, um, you know, I didn't time the story for the election. I, I broke the story October 11th, just three weeks before the election, but that's because, um, the rapist struck again on October 6th. So I churned out a big piece of investigative journalism that was on a timely um, crime that had, that had uh, been committed in the schools that they weren't going to tell anyone about. And so, you know, it, it did serve as sort of a metaphor for people that are so partisan that they're willing to harm kids to ram through their ideological agenda. And I think people of all political persuasions started to see just how far these schools had gone off the rails. I mean, the rape in Loudoun was just a symptom of, as you said, this deeper rot, which has permeated most school districts. And so the timing was it just happened to be an election. Glenn Youngkin rightfully stood up for parents and he's followed through as governor. He convened a special grand jury, um, which resulted in those indictments this week, as well as a report that corroborated everything in my story and found that it was even worse than we knew. Um, and, and, you know, I knew because I reported it and I only report things that are true, that everything would have checked out and any, anyone would have returned indictments if they were looking. But here's the thing. I mean, if it weren't for Glenn Youngkin as governor, there would have been a special grand jury to look at those facts. Um, we do have the George Soros prosecutor who was never going to convene a regular grand jury, even though there was plenty of evidence of crimes. And that gives the rest of the people the ability to say, oh, it's all made up because they haven't bothered to read the story in the Daily Wire. They can tell themselves it's all fake. Um, so we're starting to see some you know, consequences here, which is, I think, what it's going to take. But there is a lot of rot. It's not just one guy at the head. Um, it is the school board, but it's also all the minions that are kind of entrenched in the school system that have been operating in this way in terms of trying to look good rather than be good. And they're willing to harm people and they're willing to lower academic standards as long as, you know, the public, it seems okay. Um, and that's what people are seeing. And, I, I, you know, I think Youngkin has done great on this, um, but it's really just the tip of the iceberg. Your book is called Race to the Bottom, Uncovering the Secret Forces Destroying American Public Education. What are these secret forces? So you have, you know, if you remember like Common Core 10 years ago, the Obama thing, it was the Gates Foundation pushing it. The schools are really big. There's very few groups that are big enough to influence them. But what it is, is the Ford Foundation, the Kellogg Foundation, Rockefeller Foundation. These are really, really radical groups that at times fund 
actual communist things. Um, no, no exaggeration or rhetorical use of the word. And, you know, these are massive, you know, they got the wealth of the billionaires from 100 years ago, and now it's just controlled by far leftists, and they just basically own the school system. Um, you also have the consultants who come in and make money, and they basically hire them to write a study and say, Let, will you find out if our school system is racist? And of course, the answer is always yes, because then you have to hire them for more things. Um, and then you obviously have the teachers unions who view schools as not places that exist to serve kids, but as employment centers for adults. And then the final group is just the self-serving administrators, and they really are all about optics. Um, the schools are are really terrible. There's like less than a third of kids are proficient in reading, even at the 12th grade level. I mean, what kind of a country is this? How are we going to survive as a superpower when the kids can't even read? Um, and so what they do is they game the stats because they're always trying to manipulate you. And so they lower standards. And so when the graduation rate was pretty bad, like at the beginning of the Obama administration, the graduation rate was bad. And he took credit for the graduation rate going up every year. Well, what was happening was they were just making it easier to graduate and they were lowering standards and our kids didn't have to learn anything in school anymore. And so it's really the same thing with the rape. Um, <coughs> excuse me, they didn't keep kids safe. They just hid it from us and then were able to say, well, we've got now this inclusive policy about transgender restrooms and everything is safe. Well, it turns out that they had just failed to report the rape on these legally required um, you know, submissions to, to the state. And so it's all about optics. It's all about um, you know, equity basically means making things equal by bringing everyone down to the lowest common denominator. And so that's really intentionally harming kids as well. Um, the last example I'll mention, because this has been going on in all 13,000 school districts, um, and, you know, look, I, I live in Loudoun County. I wrote this book that basically I, what I did in Loudoun County, I want to help parents do where they live because I just I can't I can't come to every school district. I can show you how to find the telltale signs and figure out what's going on, because I can tell you it's not going to be the exact same thing with a transgender rape cover up. It's going to be metaphorically the same thing. They're going to be lying and spinning and using jargon that you don't understand to trick you. And this explains all the crazy jargon, which is really just the stupidest stuff dressed up in five syllable words to make you think they're not dumb. Um, but, you know, the last example of equity harming kids is the Obama administration made it so that, you know, suspensions had to be equal among races. And so what happens there is if there's a lot of black kids that just keep beating up Asians, they're just going to let them keep doing it. You've either got to frame Asians for doing things wrong that they didn't do, or you've got to look the other way when there's brutal assaults. And so kids have been getting harmed in the name of equity and social justice in schools for a long time. Um, and the corollary is they're just not learning. They're not they're not knowing advanced math and science and, and reading. And it's really, in my view, um, it's everywhere. It's a huge mistake to think it's loud and loud is a metaphor and a case study. It's everywhere. And I think it's really one of the biggest threats to our country, not in the long term, but in the next couple of years, because you look at the stats for 18 year olds, 12th graders, they're out in the workforce in a year. They're voting. And these kids don't know anything. It's because of these teachers unions and superintendents and consultants and foundations. Luke, the book is Race to the Bottom. Thank you, brother. Thank you. All right. We're not done yet. We'll talk to Kirk Cameron next. Before we talk to Kirk, let's talk about this. Let's talk about that stupid timeshare you're stuck in. I know. I know what happened. I hear the stories all the time, especially now that I speak so often for Lone Star Transfer. I know. 
You write me in and you tell me, Jesse, it looked so good. Jesse, we enjoyed it for a few years, but then we got out of it. We always thought we could get out of it. We tried to get out of it. They won't let us out. I know. They all do. Well, not all of them. Many of these timeshare companies do this. They lock you in and they don't let you out. One phone call. Call Lone Star Transfer. They'll get you out. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau for a reason. A family company that's helped over 16,000 timeshare owners legally and permanently get out. You can get out. Call 844-310-2646. 844-310-2646. Or LoneStarTransfer.com. We'll be back. libraries and community centers are threatened and intimidated excuse me because they support lgbtq children and families we have to speak out we must stop the hate and violence lgbtq children and families Earlier this week, we brought you a story that Kirk Cameron, we're big fans of his on the show. Obviously, everyone knows who Kirk Cameron is. He's also now an author, As You Grow, a book I would recommend. But Kirk Cameron wants to go to these same libraries where the drag queens are reading to your children and read books about Christian values. Man, how horrible and despicable that must be. I know you're what you're saying. It's not despicable. It's wonderful. Well, someone should tell the libraries because they're not allowing Kirk in there to do so, which is so odd. Joining me now, Kirk Cameron. Kirk, why won't they allow your books in the libraries? Well, uh, Jesse, I was hoping maybe you could you could let me know why. Uh, this is a book that's all about biblical wisdom for children as they grow through the seasons of their life and the, and learning the value of the fruit of the Spirit, like love, joy peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Uh, one of the libraries said that uh, we don't want your book here. We're a queer-friendly library, and our messaging just doesn't align. They even told me that I could fill out a form, I could reserve some space, but they would not be running my book. Uh, another said that they didn't want a book on biblical wisdom, but they were hosting a gender name change clinic the next day. So, uh, you tell me, why wouldn't they want someone to come in and read a book to kids that'll help them process the mental illness, the cyberbullying, the drug overdosing, and the school shootings with a book that teaches them about kindness and self-control? Well, Kirk, I, I, I'm actually going to be interested in your take on my take on this because I've been talking about this this week because <laughs> they won't allow your book there, but this is who they will allow in the library to read to your children. Would like to do some of those funny little dances from Fortnite. Does anybody know any of the dances from Fortnite? Oh, then you are a credit to your community. <laughs> but most of all, Michael likes to twerk. Now, does anybody in this room know how to twerk? All right, well, it's quite important to the story, so I will just give you a very quick demonstration. <laughs> All you need to do is you just stand with your feet sort of shoulder-width apart, like so, okay? And I'll, sh I'll show you at the side, so you get a better view there. And you, you crouch down into this sort of position here, so your bum's sticking out. Don't be taking this all in. <laughs> and then you just move your bum up and down like that, and that's twerking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, I I'm going to try to calm down here, but Kirk, let me ask you something. 
I know that we were a Christian nation. I know we were founded on Christianity. I'm not naive to our founding, our founding fathers, the beliefs of this country, the history of this country. I, I know you're not. I know what kind of nation. I know what. I know what kind of nation I want us to be, or you want us to be. But maybe that's not who we are anymore. Maybe we have a new national religion now, as much as it may be one you don't like or I don't like. I, I, I mean, entertainment, education, politics, corporations. They're all celebrating the same religion, and it's not yours, Kurt. I travel around the country, and I talk to people all over, and I am finding people depressed. I'm finding them inching toward the cliff of despair, and I want to grab people by the lapels, and I want to shake them and say, uh, men and women of faith and morality men and women who are concerned about what's happening in our culture. We need to wake up. We have been asleep. We have been unaware and unengaged. Now we're getting the wake up call. The alarms are being sounded. If we remain unengaged, we have no one to blame but ourselves. And what I would say is that we as parents and grandparents, this is happening on our watch. Pastors and elected officials this is happening in our backyard. There is no one else to blame but us. Benjamin Franklin said when he was asked um, uh, by a woman when they came out of that Continental Congress, what did you give us, uh, sir? Did you give us a monarchy or did you give us a, a free republic? And he said, a republic, madam, if you can keep it. And that's the great challenge. We're not doing the keeping part very well. And I believe that we are at a critical moment right now, and we must go back to our original principles. It's mission critical. We get back to, as Ronald Reagan said, uh, he said, you know, people would have us decide whether we're going to go right or left politically. He said, I don't think there is such a thing as right or left. There's only an up or down, either up to man's age-old dream of maximum individual liberty under law and the eternal rules of right, or down to the ant heap of totalitarianism. And if anyone's asking you to exchange your freedoms for safety, we're on that downward trajectory. And I would add, if parents are taking their children to drag queen story hours or sending their children to government-run school systems that are undermining all your faith and all your morality, it's no one else's fault but our own. Man, that's so true. It's, I agree a thousand percent. I want to know why... Why we got so complacent and soft? I have a theory. My theory is this country was so welcoming to Christians because it was founded by Christians that Christianity in America, frankly, got fat and soft and weak, whereas other nations where you're having a Bible study in a dark basement in China for fear of discovery, they operate a little bit differently. We were allowed to be soft and weak, and now that's what we are. Yeah, you're, I think you're exactly right. I think that's... Um, that that's human nature. And when we think about how this country was founded, uh, I did a whole documentary retracing the escape route of the pilgrims. And the pilgrims were not just these, these little uh, religious fuddy-duddies with uh, you know, big black hats and belt buckles on their shoes carrying turkey guns. These were the out-of-the-box, free-thinking, radical, adventurous, brave hearts of their day. And they were meeting in underground Bible studies by candlelight under the horse stables for fear of being discovered by the king and his army. Uh, they were chased out of town. And they came across the Atlantic Ocean and they established 
the Mayflower Compact, which becomes the template for the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. But what happens in many generations is, just as you said, we get prosperous. All the blessing comes because the root was so healthy, the tree was so strong, and now the fruit of liberty is so sweet that people just sort of kick back in the shade of that tree and they neglect to nourish the root of faith and morality and the application of God's word to civil government as well as their personal and church life. And when you do that, uh, the tree gets sick. It will eventually fall over and it will die. So our job is to begin nourishing the root while we have time. And, um, and this national amnesia has to be replaced with a return to our deeply held religious beliefs and Christian heritage. Uh, that's the only reason we have the freedoms to do what we do politically, economically, spiritually, morally, and educationally. And other people of other persuasions have the freedom to live here. Well, Kirk, tell me about As You Grow. As You Grow is, uh, well, it's the brand new children's book that I wrote. And uh, as you mentioned, I wanted to teach kids about the fruit of the spirit. And when I wanted to do this public reading in a library, I was denied by over 50 woke libraries who have hosted drag queen story hours. And uh, what I love to see is that as the stories develop, moms and dads, grandparents, and librarians are speaking up. In fact, they're flooding our website, wanting the book and to host their own story hour. So this is what we need, engagement. We need people to get active and, um, I'm looking forward to going to these libraries that have turned me down. I've sent them a public letter. You can read it at bravebooks.com, uh, asking them to reconsider. I sent them a free copy of the book uh, to keep as a gift and letting them know that uh, the, the, the value of freedom of speech and sharing our viewpoints is essential to this country. And if they uh, double down and they continue to exclude uh, a viewpoint that they don't like, I'm prepared to exercise my constitutional rights in court. Outstanding. The book is As You Grow. You want to stick it back to these people? Great gift for kids, families, maybe organize something of your own. Highly recommend getting yes. it as you grow. Kirk, thank you, my brother. I appreciate you. Thanks, Jesse. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. All right. We got light in the mood. It's not going to be Merry Christmas for a couple kids. <laughs> we'll show you that in a second. Before we get to that, I want to encourage you to, uh, if you enjoy that stuff, and you find that stuff to be fulfilling. I really want to encourage you to check out the Politics by Faith podcast of our friend Mike Slater on the show. Unlike me, Mike Slater is a very kind, good human being. And he really, he helps me when I get a little too dark, a little too cynical. He helps me add, have some perspective on what we're seeing, why we're seeing it, what's going on. There are bigger things at work than politics. Go download it. I think you'll enjoy. We got Light in the Mood. Next. All right. It is time to lighten the mood. And I don't know about you. I take joy in the little things in life. And one of the things that just brings me so much pleasure is harassing my children and doing things like going to the store and grabbing some ice cream coming home and I see their out back playing and then I hold the ice cream up to the window so they can see I got some and they come running to the door and then I lock it and then I start eating it right in front of them. You can't buy joy like that anywhere. 
So when I see other parents harassing their children, I enjoy it. All right, that was a little mean, but still funny. I'll see ya. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country, giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.